Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible, and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We have three readings that the church offers us today. Today is the 13th week, and... We hear Jesus say, courage, child, your sins are forgiven, addressing a paralytic in his town. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. Today we're also taking a look at Prophet Amos, as there's a dead-to-dead with the priest of Bethel, who sends him off and rejects him and says, go back to your land of Judah. We don't want you here. Um, we want to ponder on what it is to receive a mission and to communicate information that maybe someone doesn't want to hear. And on Psalm 19, we listen to the judgments of the Lord being true and just and clear and pure. The message of today is one of reconciliation. We see a prophet trying to reconcile two kingdoms that had split, to God and God's laws. We see Jesus reconciling a man who couldn't walk first in his inner life and then in the physical realm, showing us that the inner world matters most and that needs to be healed first. And this psalm, once again, teaches us to ponder on the beauty of God's ways. Let's take a look at the reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the context of his life when he talked and walked the earth in the kingdom that he served. And we know that he's coming from the kingdom of Judah to speak to the kingdom of Israel, and those two kingdoms were split. And the people of the north are dismissing what he has to say because he's a foreigner. So in this reading, we pick up on chapter 7, where Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sends word to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you here within Israel. The country cannot endure all his words, for this is what Amos says, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be exiled from its land. Can you imagine This is what's happening in the background. This is pure gossip. This is somebody doing what we call agreement reality, trying to build up a message that is not true for someone else to take action against another human being. And we do that all the time ourselves when we gossip, when we come with each other in conversation, talking about a person that is not there, in giving a perspective on their actions and stacking evil that we pretend they've done 
or interpretations of their actions that shed a bad light on what someone has done. Amos has only been saying, align your ways with the ways of God, but this kingdom didn't want to hear it. And can you imagine talking today to the people in authority about the ways of God with all the craziness that is going on in the world in every realm of life, from finances to politics to societal to cultural ideas? We are in a moment where conversing about things from God's perspective is not easy. But this is the human condition. It always has happened It's happening to prophet Amos so many years ago. To Amos then, Amaziah comes and says, Off with you, visionary, flee to the land of Judah. Then earn your bread by prophesying, but never again in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and royal temple. So to the king, he says one message saying, We don't want this guy around. He's dangerous. To Amos himself, he says, take off, leave. We don't want to hear you here. So Amos has to find an answer. My question to you is, maybe you have to communicate a terrible message. Maybe in today's world, you have to lay someone off or you have to say something to a person for correcting them. Maybe they're drinking too much. Maybe they are saying something or doing something that is harmful to you or your family. And you have to stand up against it and communicate with them that that behavior is not acceptable. That's never easy. But here's Amos talking to a king. Can you imagine talking to a president or a king in today's world? Here, through the messenger that is the priest, Amaziah, he has a conversation. And Amos says, I was no prophet. And I didn't belong to a family of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from following the flock and said to me, go prophesy. And immediately he says, now hear the word of the Lord. So he states clearly who he is, what he does, that he's probably feeling completely unequipped for the task, that this is completely over his head. But we see in that little transition from saying, the Lord said this to me, took me from being an agricultural a shepherd person to go talk to kings and now hear the word of the law, the Lord. You are telling me prophesy not against Israel, preach not against the house of Isaac. Now that says the Lord, your wife shall be made a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by measuring line and you yourself shall die in an unclean land. Israel shall be exiled from far from its land. Can you imagine delivering a message like this today? Going to one of the important author authoritative figures of our time with a message like this. This isn't very easy in our daily life to stand up for things that have to do with goodness and justice. Imagine, however, for a minute, all the other people that after Jesus was born have gone to spread the gospel to faraway lands. Imagine Patrick, who went to Ireland to talk to the Druids, for example, about Jesus. So these were very difficult tasks that were entrusted to people before us. How do we share difficult material, difficult messages? Let's ponder on that as we think about the other readings for today. 
The next reading is Psalm 19. And on verse 10, we see the refrain, The judgments of the Lord are true, and all of them just. Sometimes we don't think so when God says, Don't do that. You know, don't covet or don't have evil thoughts. We think, Why not? That person behaved wrong against me. That person said nasty things about me. That person is trying to ruin my reputation. We find all kinds of excuses to say, my behavior is acceptable because it's based on someone else's actions against me and therefore is justified. But when we ponder on God's commandments and on God's ways and see that all of them are true and just, we realize that we can't measure our actions based on other people's standards. We have God's standard. And in the Bible, that is a specific name that God has, Jehovah Nisi. He is our banner. He is our standard. He is beyond the standards of the world, the ways of the world. And this psalm dwells in those ways by saying the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. How can it be refreshing when sometimes it asks things of us that are uncomfortable, that we don't want to do, that other people may not like? Maybe they invite you to a bachelorette party and you want to say, no, I'm not going to this place that is inappropriate or, you know, to do things that are inappropriate, to drink things that are inappropriate. But we don't want to say that because we don't want to appear odd or sit on the sidelines where everybody else is supposedly having fun. However, he, this psalm says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. When we learn to live within the commandments of God, when we try at least, because all of us fail, I'm the first one that fails constantly, because we are weak. Our soul is refreshed in knowing that we are abiding in God, that we keep trying. It's like a child that is trying to please their parents and tries again, well, I've tried to set the table correctly again. Mom, do you like this? Do you think this looks good, Mom? Or when we are trying to write better and we keep coming to our teacher for coaching, I tried this again. How about this paragraph? This is the same thing with our Heavenly Father. It is refreshing to be under the gaze of our Heavenly Father. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. We have, have to become simple in our heart. If we allow complexity to live within us, then we can hear the whispers of God because complexity means we are overthinking. We are in our head. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. We know that when we are trying to abide, there's a peace and a calmness in the center of our being that our heart rejoices even if the choices we're making are hard, or other people might be even ridiculing us for them. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. So look at these three verses. The law is perfect and it refreshes the soul. The, the decrees are trustworthy and they give us wisdom. The precepts are right and they rejoice the heart. So by abiding in God, our soul our intelligence, our heart are aligned and peaceful. And not only that, but the commandments of the Lord are clear. They enlighten our eyes. When we are confused, we're also in our head. Because if we take a deep breath and ask God, what will you have me do? The answer comes 
quite quickly because the commandments of the Lord are clear. As long as we don't ask a question that is definitive, that says, Lord, please tell me what to do. We remain in our head trying to find our own answer that fits our purposes. Letting go, letting God, surrendering, those seems so easy, but they are not. We hear in the rest of the verse that the laws of God are pure, they endure forever, his ordinances are true, they are just, they're more precious than gold, they're sweeter than syrup. Let us rejoice in this psalm. Read it slowly if you have a moment, maybe at lunchtime or maybe at dinner time. Read it slowly, it's very beautiful. In the Gospel reading of Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, we find Jesus again entering a boat, making a crossing into his own town. And there we see people bringing to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Let's imagine that for ourselves, that there is somebody in our midst, in our family, in our neighborhood, in our workplace, that is so unable to do things for themselves that we have to help them. We have to bring them to a place where we know there will be healing. And Jesus sees this and sees their faith. He sees their, they've brought him because they know Jesus can help them. And just knowing that faith, Jesus says, Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. What Jesus is offering is a reconciliation of the heart to a person that when he's in this condition is often rejected in their own community. Amos was experiencing a rejection that was from his condition of being a man of the fields. He's not coming from a prophet family and he's being asked to talk to kings and he's accepted that mission, but he's rejected by those around him. And here we have a group of people that love their friend so much they bring him to Jesus. But we know when somebody has a problem, they're often rejected. And what Jesus fixes first is not his bodily condition. He doesn't reconcile that part of him that is making him be rejected by some in the community, but he is reconciling the heart. He is saying, your sins are forgiven. And knowing the community of his own city, of his own town, Jesus knows that this is going to cause some that are very self-righteous to feel that Jesus has blasphemed, which was at that time considered punishable by stoning. Jesus says it because he's trying to help us understand that the conditions of our heart are much more important than the conditions of our bodies. So when Jesus addresses them about their thinking, about their thoughts, says, why do you harbor evil thoughts? What is it easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or pick up the mat and walk, rise and walk. But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Rice, pick up your stretcher and go home. How does he say that to you and to me? How does Jesus say, rise up? What decision are you postponing that you know will make a difference in your life? What action have you not taken that you know will make a difference to someone else? Rise up, Jesus tells us. And he tells us that with authority. And the reading ends by saying the crowd saw this and they were struck with awe. They glorified God who had given such authority to men. So it's not just to Jesus, but to all of us. We have been given that authority and we just don't know it. But sometimes we can help somebody around us to pick them up and say, 
rise up. Maybe somebody who's depressed, maybe someone who's sick, maybe someone who has lost their job. We can be that kind of influence. We've been given that kind of authority to console in the heart, to illumine in the mind, to assist in the body. So in places where we see others that are rejected, let's bring reconciliation. Let's start, though, in our own hearts. Let's reconcile them and align them with the ways of life, with the ways of God, even when we're rejected. This work requires reconciling our hearts first to God's designs for our life, to his precepts, to aligning our inner chamber, our inner thoughts, our inner feelings. Reconcile those with what God is whispering that he has meant for us as our mission and as our destiny. We see it in Amos. He has to reconcile that because in the external world, he's receiving messages that he's not wanted. He's thrown out. And although Amos is looking for the reconciliation of the north and the south, he is not allowed to fulfill his mission easily. He has to be clear that in his inner heart, there is alignment with God. And Jesus brings reconciliation first to this man's heart, to the condition of his heart, to the sinfulness that is in him. And Jesus forgives those sins first, aligns that, reconciles that before he take, takes action in the body. So let's look for places in our lives, in our relationships, in our own mission, where there needs to be some reconciliation. Let's bring that to prayer and say, Lord, help us to reconcile with one another. Help us to reconcile with the mission you've entrusted to us and to fulfill it no matter how much rejection we feel. Mm -hmm.